can go. Okay, hopefully the whole setup here looks good. Don't have my trusty cameraman to um, assist me with setting up the ring light. It's on a different stand this time. Hopefully the angle looks okay. I know I probably don't look good because I'm wearing a double XL shirt right now and need to shave my beard, but it's okay because on the last day of Hispanic Heritage Month, what'd we get? We got an absolute banger card and even though our boy, Brandon Royville, Askar Askarov couldn't make the weight, which that's honestly the fight that I was looking forward to most. It sucked that we got that news yesterday, but what'd we go? Last day of Hispanic Heritage Month, our fellow Hispanic people. That were on this card, I'm pretty sure they went 4-0. Pete Rodriguez, Mana Martinez, Alex Grosso, obviously, and Jan Jonathan Martinez all got dubs. So I'm just going to go through, I think that the way this will work, I'll sprinkle in a few other fighters in there that obviously stood out, but we'll probably just run through those ones because those were probably the most exciting fights. I will say this right now, probably not going to talk about Mana Martinez, and I don't think it would be fair to talk about the Mana Martinez fight considering I didn't watch the Mana Martinez fight. I'm going to go back and watch that. I rewatched a few of the other ones that I was kind of, kind of doing homework and stuff as I was watching it, but then I watched the whole main card. Um, but the, like it started off really quick because like obviously Alonzo Menafield, he got the dub really fast. And then who else? There's another quick fight. Oh yeah, the Dusko Todorovic, Dusko Todorovic versus uh, Beverly Hills and Ninja fight was interesting. I, I'll get to that fight later because there's like some weird things I've been noticing in the middleweight division. But first of all, Highlight performer. I'm going to have three, obviously. Even though everybody that won did it in really amazing fashion. But P. Rodriguez looked absolutely phenomenal. Okay. He is so good. Everywhere. He just attacks all three levels of the body, no matter where you're going. And he just not afraid to close the distance whatsoever. And we knew he was a beast. Okay. We knew when he was going to that Jack Della Maddalena fight, who Jack Della Maddalena, we know that that guy. He's going to be a monster at 170 pounds. But on the feet, because that was, I think it was both of their, was it both of their debuts on that? I believe so. I think it was Jack's and Pete's debut. On the feet, it looked pretty even because the boxing of Pete Rodriguez is pretty phenomenal. And the way that he just like sets up going to the body and then he does those sweet things where he looks like he's going to dig you to the body and then he comes up to your head and then all the, just the way that he disguises everything he does and then also throwing knees like our boy Daniel Willig had Santos so just his attack all around is just he's the man and we kind of knew that obviously but that's what my number one highlight performer that I think we need to watch out especially considering the fact that he's only 25 got a lot of room for improvement but the base is there and obviously we know he's a fa fan favorite so this is going to be a guy plug into main cards gonna I think he's going to gain notoriety really quickly just because it seems like that he just, as soon as the bell rings, as soon as it starts, the man is looking for a finish right away. And he's got plenty of power. seems like he's got a good gas tank, even though we haven't really seen him go that deep into fights. But I think that's going to be another Daniel Willicat Santos moment. I know I'm on, been talking about him a lot, but P. Rodriguez had a tough first fight. And then I think that if we just start just easing him into the UFC, I think before we know it, we're going to have a star in front of our eyes for sure. And he already is already amazing. But yeah, and then after that, what did we get? Obviously, one of my favorite impact freaking performers from 2022, Tatsuro Taira. He, CJ Vergara actually did pretty well. There were some really nice grappling exchanges there, but then Tatsuro finally sunk in his armbar. I think that he's just so good because he's just like every, everybody that I love. He's just so relentless. And he's really, he's just probably one of the most well-rounded fighters, especially for being so young. Mans is going to be the first Japanese champion, I'm pretty sure. 
And I also freaking love that man's energy. I love every single post by press conference he has. It seems like that he's just really chill. And then all of a sudden they give him the mic and then he just explodes and in, like enjoy. And I absolutely love it because I was like doing homework a little bit. And then uh, I saw that because I was pumped that he got his arm bar. And then I was like, okay, I got to get back to work. And then I hear him yell. And I was just like, you are the freaking man, Tatsuro. I love him so much. Another great performance. 2-0 in the UFC. Man's is still super young. And I think that he's going to be, especially in the flyweight division, is so open. If he can string together maybe two, three more wins, even though he is so young, we have seen guys crack into the um, top 15 of flyweight division really quickly because who do we have it was it Mateusz Nikolaou remember when he came in they gave him that sketchy dub over um Manel Kopp and then he's up there now so anything's possible with Tatsuro I think he's skilled enough to hang with the best of them for sure and props props to some of the guys that lost to there are some really tough like Nick Maximov he's tough but Jacob Malkun got the dub there now we got our boy Yoander Sembrito he is another impact performer. I'm not, I don't know if I can quite give him one of the three star players. I think I got to save them, but the way that he is just so well versed in everything he does, just getting to the back, slamming into a chokehold, ferocious. Giannis Brito obviously is a beast. I got to obviously watch the Mana Martinez fight. I haven't seen that yet too long. I only rewatched some of the fights that were really short because there's a lot of quick finishes. Okay, so. What should we talk about after this one? Because there's a lot of stuff that went down. I guess we'll just give props, obviously, to Alonzo Menafield, Beast Mode. I'm trying to keep these videos short. I don't know if I'm going to act. I might just post them on the um, clips page because I don't know if I'm going to make actual episodes out of these. But I do want to post them because I want our main podcast to get more views on them. But it is what it is. Um, yeah. Now, oh, one fight that we do need to talk about right now is Rafael Sunsau is back, baby. I mean, because he was on a kind of a skid there, right? Because he lost to, I know, obviously got knocked out by Cody Garbrandt. And then he came, oh yeah, Ricky Simone owned him. And then he comes back and gets a nice dub over us. Probably one of the more technical guys in the 135-pound division, Victor Henry. I mean, even though Victor Henry did lose this fight, it is what it is because the skill set is obviously there. Like, you're not watching him saying, oh, this is a boring fighter. It's just like, maybe he doesn't have a ton of umph in his punches, but I mean, I still love watching Victor Henry fight. Gonna sign up for every Victor Henry fight. Gonna tune in every single time. Because even though it, it was, this is something that, like, Victor Henry is a beast because the way that he was being offensive off his back, there's a lot of fighters that don't throw their legs up. They don't do anything. They kind of just lay there, maybe want to uh, ride it out. But the way he gets back up to his feet, refused to quit the entire fight even though it was pretty obvious that he was losing but he was pressing the action the entire time he just wasn't landing a ton of strikes and credit to Rafael Sunsau because I think his style and his movement was just kind of making Victor Henry a little bit uncomfortable and he couldn't just get shots off like he was against Howney Barcelos where I was like dude how many guys can get this much offense off especially against quick fast 135 pounders like Victor Henry I, st- I think he's gonna be back honest to god like I really do believe that nine times out of ten that Victor Henry does get this dub. It just I don't. It was it wasn't his night. Rafael was the better man tonight. But I still am. Um, I Victor Henry, like I said, and like everybody says, the dude fights exactly how you want uh, your fighter to fight. He just like has that coach's mentality, you know. Great head movement, great everything. But credit to Rafael Sanza who landed great shots. Seemed like 
he was it's just victor henry's chin dude that's probably the highlight of the card dude <laughs> when Rafael Sunsau was holding his leg and then he was just cracking Victor and Henry on the noggin and pushing him back against towards the fence. That was crazy. But yeah. And then the Dushko Todorovic versus Jordan Wright fight, crazy. And then this is what I'm gonna say. Has has anybody else been kind of noticing that <laughs> there's been some whack ass fights in the 185 pound division, okay? Because we've had like GD and Jukawani just going off versus um, Gregor Rodriguez, Robocop, and then Robocop gets that dub. What do we have? Like Bruno Silva versus uh, Alex Pijera. Um, we've just had some whack fights, and every obviously Dusko Dodor has been in some absolute bloodbaths. I'll, I'll have to go back and look, but like I feel like there's just been some wild fights. Every single fight Gregor Rodriguez is in. And just there's some really fun prospects at 185 pounds. And if there's any division that is needed a little bit of an energizer boost, it's definitely been this one just because Izzy's cleared everything out. And everybody, I feel like, compares um, prospects to the champion. And they're just, I do, I'm, I fall victim to this. Is if I see somebody, I'll, I'll be like, I'll give them their props. I'll be, so I'll be like, yeah, you're super good. But, in terms of making it to the top and becoming a title contender, I always kind of question that, especially if guys don't have the attributes, such as height, reach. But regardless, the middleweight division is super fun right now. Tons of really good prospects, but this is just right on cue with everything that's happened. Another crazy fight. The first fight, I mean, the first round was a little bit interesting. Jordan Wright was putting Dushko in some serious trouble on the ground, hitting him with some serious ground and pound when Dushko was trying to go for a leg. But Dushko ended up coming back, putting the heat on him in the second round and got that fight to the ground. And Jordan Wright was obviously just exhausted, but they were just fighting in a phone booth. And it was a super fun fight to watch. But yeah, middleweight division. Interesting. There's some interesting cats there. Interesting fights. I don't know if anybody's going to be challenging Israel Adesanya for getting that belt because Obviously, Robert Whitaker is the second best guy in that division, and there's a huge gap in between them. I mean, not a huge gap, but Israel Desani gets the job done every time they fight. But, yeah, I was pumped to see Dushko to get a dub because he gets hit a lot. That's one thing to be added to. We got to fix that a little bit, considering he's still super young, but he's exciting. So, let's keep these 185. They seem like they know what they're doing at 185 in terms of matchmaking. Um, what else did I have? I wrote, had a little notes. All right, we're only at 10 minutes. Let's go. Um... Should we just get into the main juice? The main freaking juice. And I was feeling a little bit bad about what I was saying just because I've interviewed Dan Argetta. Not that anyone really cares that much. But the fact that I felt like I was kind of riding Cub Swanson off. Cub Swanson is an absolute beast. But why go down to 135 pounds and fight Jonathan Martinez, okay? I don't understand that. The one dude, one of the... I mean, obviously, there are 35-pounders. They are, they are getting bigger. People are getting smarter about weight cutting. But Jonathan looks like a 145-pounder. And he has obviously had weight issues and stuff. But this guy, what did I say in our prior podcast leading up to this? Pound for pound, he might not have the best ground game, okay? But this is his fourth win in a row. And I don't think that I would get a lot of pushback saying that he has the best striking. Some of the best striking, top-notch, premier, premier in the 135 pound division probably maybe top five i would put him top three dude because the way that he just follows up all of his strikes sets him up with knees and then the way he did like i was saying i didn't finish my thought there but he follows up all of his punches with kicks it just it's just a constant barrage nobody knows what's coming and he hits you into the uh early in the fight cups once and i don't think he liked it he played it off good jonathan martinez hit him with a giga kick remember giga dropped him with that kind of um body shot with the 
his rear leg. But Jonathan, just constant pressure, dude. And I love how he throws his slicers, his freaking bows, his Tony Ferguson bows. Just it's – and he, the thing with him is tough as nails. I mean, no matter where the fight goes. And he has the obviously ability to stuff takedowns, but let's – I just want to look at his resume really fast, dude. Because, yeah, we've been – he's been probably one of my favorite fighters to watch in the UFC, pound for pound. It's just whenever he's on a card – it's just you have to tune in and watch Jonathan Martinez fight because he puts on a show every single time. I think the first fight I watched was against Frankie Signs where he missed weight. or some. Yeah, I think he missed weight, but he still beat him anyway. Then he beat Thomas Almeida. He had Davy Grant on the ropes in the first round, and then he ended up getting knocked out that following second round. And also, freaking Herb Dean needed to stop that in the first round, I think. <laughs> he just watched him absorb like 30 unanswered strikes, and then he just let the clock count down, and then Cub... He played it off well, but it easily could have got stopped in the first round there. And then, uh, so looking at it, dude, Jonathan Martinez, besides that David Grant fight, even though he literally knocked out David Grant a little bit, literally knocked David Grant unconscious, we're looking at a seven-fight win streak there. And so this next fight has to be against a ranked guy. And he's going to give all the ranked dudes, especially smaller-framed guys, that love wrestling, he's going to give them problems if he can stay on the outside. Obviously, that's my, not mind-blowing. But the way that he can just, he has strong hips, he can stuff takedowns, guys are going to have a real problem, even in entering, because he's throwing knees up the middle, obviously his teeps to the body, front kicks to the face, and then the way he just follows up all of his um, combinations with his hands, he it seems like he always is throwing like a um, lead leg head kick or something, every single time. I want to look who's at the bottom of it. Jack Shore gives Jack Shore problems. Adrian Yanez versus Umar Nurmagomedov. Even Sean O'Malley, like that's like the dream matchup that I think a lot of people want to see is Sean O'Malley versus um, Jonathan Martinez, and we will get that soon. Because if it just kind of sucks, it, Jonathan doesn't talk a ton, so he's not going to get up there soon. But when he does get his shot against somebody big, because this was what they were talking about, this was kind of his test. This was his test a little bit whether he can handle the spotlight or not against Cub, and he passed it with flying colors. So that's my kind of rant on Jonathan Martinez knew what i knew what he was going to do going into this but then watching cub swanson walk out i'm like dude this could be an upset you can't do this to my boy jonathan but watching the fight it was just a tough matchup all the way around and yeah cub i do think it poses problems for other guys in the division for sure especially shorter ones but this this wasn't it this matchup wasn't it for him but yeah i'm super happy for jonathan martinez obviously four fights in a row could easily be seven so He's the man, dude. So many good matchups for him, too, especially guys that like to stay on the feet. Good luck. The only way to beat Jonathan Martinez is to change levels on him. That's the only way. Um, and even getting him to the ground is tough. And then he can even... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then the final fight to close this sucker out. I'm going a little longer than I expected, surprisingly. But um, our boy... Uh, I mean, not our boy. Alexa Grosso. Cleanest boxing in the UFC. Arujo. Uh, Looked really good. Stayed with it. They both, I think, left a little bit in the tank because they were concerned probably about going five rounds. But they look kind of nice. Both of them did. And uh, Viviana, Viviani Arujo, I like saying her last name. She didn't gas out like she thought, like I thought she would. I think it was towards the second round when Grosso started to open up, landing some good strikes. And then the very next round, you would have never known that ever happened. Clean slated it. But Grosso, I think, was landing the better strikes. They were both jabbing each other up. Um but when Grosso opened up, there's obviously a big difference in striking. When she was landing shots uh, 
and Grosso's takedown defense is going to be key, especially when she gets her title shot against Valentina Shevchenko. It's going to be crazy. I don't know. I, I want to believe Grosso can win. It's just going to be tough because Valentina is better on the feet. Maybe. Yeah. Alexa obviously has clean, pure boxing, but when it comes to kicking and everything, you got to give the tick to the champ, obviously. And I just feel like Valentina's going to be able to get her to the ground, dude. But overall, let's wrap this sucker up. Good fight night, okay? Really good fight night. Cannot wait to talk about UFC 280. It's going to be legit insaneness. But yeah, way to close out Hispanic Heritage Month with 4-0, you know? And then it would have been, isn't Brendan Royval? I don't know. It would have been maybe five. But there were some good fights that got canceled, and it still lived up to all expectations of this card. Fight night, mission accomplished. It was good. Money in the bank. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. I'm happy I freaking did this. I usually don't do these on Saturdays, but I start, I'm wanting to start doing it. But yeah, thank you so much. We will see you next week, uh, probably earlier in the week with another pod. And then hopefully another one after UFC 280, where Charles Dubronx Oliveira defends his title against Islam Makhachev. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. I went longer than I needed to, but it happens.